Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. You don't just want to say hi to the person next to you. Well, you came with a person. Maybe go a little bit further than the person next to you. Down the aisle, down the road, there we go. <laughs> That's good. There we go. We are a family, aren't we? Yes. There we go. I'm going to ask the, the tithe and offering boxes to be passed around. And as you do that this morning, can you just say thank you, God, that I have, that I'm able to give. We do prefer you to give uh, via EFT. It makes it safer and cheaper for us. Um, anybody here in the major banks that can maybe reduce the cash deposit fee or just fees in general? It would be so, so appreciated. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's do it. Thank you, Father, that you give. And because we are in your provision, we can give. Thank you, Lord, that we give and that we hold to your principles and not to the world's principles, Father. Because you are the one that will supply all our needs in abundance. Amen. Some announcements. Spring break. You guys know what that is? Having a clue. The 4th to the 5th of October, 7.30 to 10 o'clock each day. The cost is 75 rand per day or for both days, 100 bucks. It will happen here. It's unfortunately for anybody below the age of 25. Is it? 22? 21? 25, man. And for school kids, it's going to be in the school break. They're going to have some fun on the field. They're going to have different chats. If you know of somebody that should come, let us know. Extend the invite. Um, if there's a financial problem, please speak to us. We'll make a plan. But let's get all of our youth here and invest in the next generation. Hey, Brandon. If you want more information, email duan at lrcchurch.co.za. Baptisms coming up. We've asked you guys to let us know if you're interested in baptisms. You guys have let us know. Thank you so much. The date is the 14th of October. Yeah. If you still want to get baptized, there's plenty of time. I mean, we're on the 23rd of September. There's plenty of time. Please send your name through to info at lrcchurch.co.za and we will make sure that you understand what baptism stands for, what you are committing to, and we'll baptize you. I don't know who's going to do it this time. Heath. The other thing, can you guys remember some time ago I said we're going to do a choir? Okay, let's start again. Can you guys remember some time ago I said we're going to do a choir? Yes, my goodness. It's going to be a worship Sunday that we're going to do. And I've had names, and you've thought that I've forgotten about you, but I have your names. I need a few more names, male vocals, especially. It looks like the date is set for the 28th of October, which is the last Sunday in October, which means we've got a month to rehearse as a choir. Does that work for everybody that put their names down for the choir? Some people said September won't work. Some people said October works, yeah? No, sorry, Steve, oh, there, we've just lost another male vocalist. Who can step into his shoes? Please, we need male vocalists. So the 28th of October, that's going to be a worship Sunday. Guess what it's going to be about? Maturity in worship. See how clever we are. We take the theme of our series right through to worship. So interesting. We're going to do that. All right, but just to um, stay true to what we have announced, Lainey is in... India, you guys know about that. Trevlin and Mike is with her. Um, they've got a, a, a very three, busy three weeks. I mean, they go to Nagaland, Terry, and there they have to teach 
aerobics. Like not just the word, physical fitness and spiritual fitness. It's respect to them, the temperatures there are going to be between 35 and 38. And the three of them are going to be dancing around teaching aerobics in full outfits because also India is conservative. You can't do it in shorts. But anyway, everybody here that attended, anybody here that attended prayer meeting on Tuesday? was good, eh? Thank you so much for coming. Those that didn't put their hands up, please come. It's lots of fun. It really is lots of fun. God is taking us on a journey here of expanding our capacity of prayer. I'm convinced of it. He's teaching us new ways. He's challenging us. And as a community, we will impact the nation because of our prayer. All right. Oh, dear. Now, what are we busy with at the moment? Maturity. I'm going to ask you at the end of the message what our anchor scripture is. So you've got some time to check your previous notes. But let's start this thing. Holy Spirit, I ask you for the ability to speak truth to your children. Without your revelation, Lord, there's really nothing that we, we can do. Um, it'll be empty. It'll be void. It'll not lead to life unless you come and breathe over your word and prepare the soil for your seeds to fall on fertile ground. We ask you for that in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Okay, can I have that packet, please? Oh, dear. Right. Who loves guacamole? Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I've got my wife and two of our kids that love avocado. One is old enough to buy his own avocado. The other one isn't. So she just keeps stealing it from whatever plate she sees it on. Um, joy. Yeah. Avocado, guacamole. Prepare it at um, spa. Just a quick little shout out. They always supply our biscuits and stuff. It's the the, the um, super spa. They also have these handy little things. And if you put the lid back, it doesn't go brown. I don't know what they've done. But it lasts for a few days if you're looking for guacamole. There you go. Um, I've got some other green stuff here in a little bowl. No, it's not the legal last stuff, Brandon. No, bro. You're an elder, dude. Goodness. Come, Levi, come eat the guacamole. Big bites, boy. It's just green stuff. Ah, it's big bites, boy. Ah, it's big stuff. Big bites. There we go. And more. Another bite. No, no, the people aren't seeing. Bite another bite. Come on, boy. Lovely. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> One of us. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop my voice before you die. <laughs> right. So, he, what did he eat? But it, it, it's got guacamole on. 
I put guacamole over it. I put ava over it. Who eats wasabi? Hits you right in the back, eh? Nice, and it clears the sinuses instantly. Lovely. There we go. <laughs> Remember the illustration that just because I put a thin layer of guacamole over the wasabi didn't make it guacamole. Hey. Just because we act all mature doesn't make us mature. Did you still experience the fullness of the wasabi, boy? Nice, eh? Sinus is open for days. Just because we dress something as something else doesn't make it that. Remember the first time I launched maturity, I said to you, just because Grace looks like a bride, is shaped like a woman, doesn't mean she's mature enough to get married. You remember? This thing I want to talk about today, we fall into the category of putting a thin layer of the genuine over it. But underneath it, it's not the same thing. We've got lots of phrases nowadays thrown around, words thrown around. And, and people in society and, and on the TVs and in business uh, training, they, they throw these things at us that's, Simple words, but in itself has complex ideas. And it's got impact on the, the audience, but it's got impact on the orators, the speakers also. But they throw it at us. They, they say ethics, credibility. They throw at us things of accountability. Of ownership. What else did I write here? Integrity. Consistency. They throw it as morality. Everybody's an expert nowadays on morality. Corruption. There's a word that we all understand. But behind it, there is an essence to this word that has impact and deserves understanding. We were sitting, Marlisa and I had at a staff Bible study. We do it up there in CCX on Tuesday. And she said to me, what is integrity? What is integrity? What? Always doing the right thing, having a moral standard, doing the right thing when it's required, and consistently being it. I rambled it off. Easy definition. There you go. Boom. We know definitions. We know the words. And she said to me, why don't we preach on maturing in our integrity as people? Yeah, no problem. I know the definition. <laughs> I started preparing on this thing. And I find myself completely overwhelmed. I find myself, <laughs> when I think about my daily failings as a person, when it comes to integrity, I feel inadequate to even touch the topic of maturing in integrity as a people. Yet I know the definition. Anybody who has studied business sciences <laughs> knows it. If you studied a bit of business psychology, you know, you know integrity. If you've been in a training session at a corporate, you know the definition of integrity. 
I can understand it. I can regurgitate it. But like most things in life, it comes down to the application, doesn't it? The living in it that makes it real. I, my nose is itching, sorry, I think I should have had this, sorry. Ephesians 5, uh, 4 verse, verse 15 says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And I think if all of us had to put a person next to the definition of integrity, we would quite easily put Jesus Christ. I, I looked up what the, the noun is of integrity and it's integrality. So I'm going to go with the American one that's just a person of, uh, he's integrous. Jesus Christ, consistently doing the right thing, having morality and understanding of it and living up to it all the time. Who, who else? But Jesus Christ. And then the reality comes home and I'm like, well, now I have to live up to this. We as elders have spoken about values as leadership team. One of our values is to live with integrity. The definition of integrity is the quality of being honest, having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. The first one. The second one is the state of being whole and undivided. If I had to put you next to that definition of integrity, will you join me in saying, please don't ever mention me and integrity in the same sentence? I stand embarrassed at the level of integrity that I find myself sometimes living with. Simple example. How are you? Oh, I'm not well. You know, we're really going through a tough time. I'll pray for you. Oh! Next time I see that person two weeks later. What am I going to do if you ask me what I prayed for? <laughs> because I didn't. It just slipped out. Without me actually thinking about what I've said. My Auntie Joyce says, integrity means that you are the same person in public that you are in private. Auntie Joyce Myers. Same person in public that you are in private. Sure. <laughs> this thing grows in how it punches you as you start to think about it. The first point is the standard of, of integrity. I, I've spoken once before, and I've used this term, the etymology of a word. How it started, how it developed, what influenced it. And, and it's the development and the origin, the discovery and the origin of the word and how it develops over time. You just have to ask a millennial what a word means to know that it is still active. Uh, yo, in our household... 
I don't know how many of you know it, but we only use the word awesome to describe God. We hold on to the definition that says inspiring awe and reverence when we use the word awesome. My kids do not describe ice cream as awesome because from a linguistical point of view, they are wrong. The ice cream did not fill you with reverence and awe. But also, there has to be certain words that's only specific to God. That's our word. Our family rules. They don't enforce it on anyone else. They've tried to, but they don't. It's our rules. You ask any millennial, awesome. Awesome just means cool, great. Uh, that's nice or, I don't know, like shocked with, with surprise. Etymology, the development of words, how it goes. I think what we have done is we started holding on to the developed word instead of the origin of where the word started. And for certain words, just like our family holds on to awesome, there is words that are only understood in the fullness and the context and the, the great application of it. When you understand it, where it originated, where it started, who spoke it? Integrity. It starts the first time it mentioned this in Genesis 20. Abram and Sarah has traveled. They've gone on their journey to become the, the, the fathers of a nation and the mother of a nation. And they come to a country, and there's a king called Abimelech. And he says to this king, or he says to Sarah, I'm so scared he's going to want you because you're very pretty. Why don't we say you're my sister? Now, like what person thought that would solve it? But nevertheless, he did that. Now he introduces, this is my sister. What does the king do? He takes the sister as a bride. But God says, be careful, Abimelech. She's not his sister. She is his wife. And if you do anything with her, you are sinning against me. What does the king say? I won't. God, you know in my integrity, I won't touch her. And he speaks this word that is there only actually for God to speak because he's the only one that can live up to it. And he says, I'm a person of integrity. I'm not going to touch her now that I know she's the wife. I think God's the thing. Man. <laughs> oh, my poor, poor child. You think you understand integrity, but okay. Let me, let me engage you at a level that you can understand. And he says, okay, since you are a person of integrity, I won't do anything against you. That's the first time we hear the word integrity in the Bible. And it's from an understanding of a king, a human king. The second time we get this thing, where I think the true meaning of integrity, according to God's standard is, is in 1 Kings 9 verse 4. Can I tell you guys what happened? David has died. The greatest king of all time. Solomon is now reigning and he says, God, may I build your temple? And God says, you can build the temple. He builds the temple. God says, I will come. He goes, he gives sacrifice. He consecrates the temple. And God comes and inhabits the temple. This is where we are in the history of Israel. Listen to what it says. 1 Kings 9, verse 3 to 9. It's quite a wordy portion, quite a lengthy portion, but it's fun to read. So you want to open your Bibles or open your apps? All staring at me. Am I not making sense this morning? And the Lord said to him, I've heard your prayer and your plea, which you have made before me, Solomon. I've consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, Kivas, 
if you will walk before me as David, your father walked, with integrity of heart and uprightness. Doing according to all that I've commanded you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. But if you turn aside from following me, you and your children, guys, we are responsible for the generation to come. Do not forget about them. And do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I've said before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will cut off Israel from the land that I've given them. And the house that I've consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And Israel will become a proverb and a byword among all peoples. Goes on and he says, they will actually use you and your people as an example of what not to do. But this is the time when God comes and he mentions integrity. One of those words that we've given, concepts that we've given an English word because it fits into our minds. But it was actually spoken by the only thing and person and entity in this world that can live up to that word. It means completeness, wholeness, uncorrupted, unblemished, morally innocent, perfect, unified, uprightness, and consistent. If you walk like your father David did with all of that of heart and uprightness before me, then I will establish your throne. And all of us at this stage say, that standard is too high. We cannot live like the pure, holy, unblemished, wrathful God. We cannot do it. Impossible. Still want to describe yourself as a person of integrity? No one. Okay. I was overwhelmed. First point of the standard of integrity is that it's only found in God. Now, I'm going to try and do this like I would speak to my children. Come to me. Dad, you know, that person promised to do this, and they didn't do it. Yes, they're not a person of integrity. Let's take it wider to you. You come to us as elders. This person said this to me, and they didn't do it. They're not a person of integrity. It only happened to me. No, we are so easy. We, do, we, we, we can easily point out other people's not measuring up to integrity. I think we fail as a people because it's easier for us to point out where other people fall short of integrity than when we ourselves fall short of integrity. Simple example. My, I'm going to pray for your comment. The next thing is the promises and the com- commitments we make every day. Every day. We don't measure our words. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to do this. I'm going to be there at 12.30. You're going to see me now. 
And that's the South Africanism. We always say now and now and now and no and no, no. But we, we don't live up to those simple things. We are being dishonest when we say it. And now we all say, but we're okay because only God can live up to the standard. How else do we fall short of integrity daily? Commitments we make with our words. What about the things that we don't say? Ava's not here, hey? Our Ava is nine. She's at school. And at schools, they've got this new thing where they tell each other to spell certain words. And then they get each other to say bad words. So she comes to Molly's and she says, they did this at school and I spelled this and it, it ended up sounding like this. And Molly says, what did you do about it? She's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. Beautiful moment with Ava understanding that sometimes we have to stand up and speak out when you see something that's not right or, 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 or just, you know, walk away. But how about those things that God tells you to tell to other people that we don't say? Are you being a person of integrity? When he tells you to go and tell that person that I love them, I can't do that, God. They're never going to look at me the same way. Person of integrity. Next way, how we, how we don't, we, we, we kind of miss it with integrity is the things that we do. The actions that we take. simple example. The way you cut that person off in traffic when they <laughs> cut you off before. Those simple retaliations. Those aggressive responses. Those knee-jerk reactions. Those things you've done without considering consequence or getting advice or listening to God. That car that you bought without the peace of God. Do you remember my BMW story? Should never have bought that car. Yo, it just gave me trouble. The next thing, you guess it, the actions that we don't do. People of integrity. We learn from David. Because he was in all of those categories. He spoke when he wasn't supposed to. He didn't speak when he was supposed to. He did what he wasn't supposed to do. And he didn't do what he was supposed to. He goes to battle when God hasn't told him to do. He counts the people when God didn't tell him to do it. David doesn't go to war and battle and ends up having an affair with Bathsheba. Yet God describes this man that has the same failings as you and I, as a person after his own heart. And he uses him as the human example of what a person of integrity of heart looks like. And you've got to ask yourself, God, are you losing the plot? 
Because surely an adulterer, a person that kills, a person that doesn't do what he's supposed to, a person that goes and does what he shouldn't, should never live up to the full explanation of integrity in you. It's impossible. Are you starting to see where this thing is going? I'm holding out the standard of integrity that God describes that we should live to. We all know that we fall short of it. But yet, he describes another person that fell short and missed it so often as having integrity of heart. This journey from me screaming at you here, screaming at you here, screaming at you here, is taking you on a journey of hope in Christ. We can call ourselves people of integrity this morning. Even though in ourselves, we will never measure up to the full definition of it. He describes David as a man of integrity of heart. You know what that simple word heart means in this context? The center of who you are. It speaks of the emotions, but it also speaks of the will. This is where I found my hope this week as I was in researching and investigating integrity. David's heart, how he expressed his emotions before God, and how he lived repentantly before God when he stuffed up, made him in God's sight a person of integrity of heart. So as a dad, I'm speaking to children today saying, come on guys, you got to live up to integrity. You've got to promise and keep your promise. You've got to commit and keep to your commitment. You've got to speak when you should speak and you should be quiet when you shouldn't speak. That is the standard that we should live to. But what I'm saying is when you have missed it, when you have missed it, like I miss it so often, there is restoration in God. Simple example. David has killed a person to get his wife because he impregnated his wife. It's a sin that should have cost him the kingdom. And when he's confronted with it, he simply owns up to it and he says, I have sinned against God. Forgive me. The Bible says David goes and he cleans himself. He gets dressed and he goes into the temple to worship. You guys, we are to mature in our pursuit of integrity. As Christians, we should stand for something that can be banked. When I say I'm going to do something, I should do it. The Bible says he who walks with integrity walks securely. But you know what we do? It's because we blow it so often, we stop living and pursuing integrity altogether. And now, we've become Christians that stand for nothing. But in Christ Jesus, he gives us hope. Why do I say that? David 
did not live in the fullness of restoration like we do. We have Jesus Christ who, who put us back in relationship with the Trinity. We are so much more favored than David was. And if God can speak about David in his repentant, tender heartedness before him as a person after his own heart, what do you think he's going to say about you and me? Come on, boy. Let me restore you. And let's try again. Because integrity, the pursuit of it, the reach for it is within your ability in me through Christ. I'm challenging us as Lombronians, as LRC people, to live in constant pursuit of integrity in Christ. I want to know that when you say to me, I'm going to be at prayer meeting, you're going to be at prayer meeting. I want to know it. I want to know when you say to me, yes, I've read my Bible. You've read your Bible. I want you to know that when I say to you, I love you and I care for you and I'll be there for you, that I'll be there. You know it. I want you to grow up in it. None of our mathematicians are really here today. Normally, Shantae and Laney represent the sciences in that specific regard here. But we do have some other engineers with us. There's some math fingers. There's Steve and someone else. But there's a math thing that's called an integer. You should all know it. I think it's high school math. Hey, am I right? I did it in Afrikaans. Please, people, help me out here. It's when a thing is whole, a number is whole. It's got no decimal, no fraction, no nothing. Am I right? Am I right? Please, somebody give me a yes. Thank you. There we go. That hand there. God bless you. An integer. That is our hope this morning. Is when we are made whole in Jesus Christ. Integer is also from the word integrity. That's why I'm throwing it in. Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. Let us mature in our integrity as a people. Let us count our words before we make commitments. And once we've made commitments, let's walk worthy to it. Where we have stumbled, let us repent quickly and walk in tenderness before God. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to have communion. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to do something specific today when we have communion. I'm going to ask you to stand before God and say, Lord, where I have purposefully blown it in being a person worthy of being called a Christian, person of integrity. Won't you help me to repent from that? I want to remind a couple of people here about your marriage vows that you've made. 
in sickness and in health. Till death do us part, for better or for worse. I want to remind a couple of people here that have stood up here and said, I commit to raise my child in the fear of the Lord. I want to challenge you where you've said to God, here I am, Lord. Send me. I want to challenge you. If you're one of those people that have said, I will be at home group on Tuesday. And your only presence at the home group was because they prayed for you to come the next time. Lord, I'm going to honor you with my finances. I'm going to be a person of integrity and I will stand by it. I'm challenging you. Think about what you have committed to. Think about what you have said and sort it out with God this morning. Because the purposes for us as a people is greater than us living in the shame of not living up to what we have said. There is no time for us to be discounted and disqualified because we feel bad because we never lived up to our word. It is a moment this morning where the past is severed and you can walk into the future and the potential. It's a new day, a new dawn of you living as a person of integrity for Christ and being counted worthy. This is the challenge. As you have communion this morning, sort it out with God. Sort it out so that you can step into what you have said you will do from tomorrow. That is my challenge. Father, we thank you that in Jesus Christ, we know that we are accepted, forgiven, and restored in you. I pray, God, that you will now come and help us to forgive ourselves before we have to forgive others, Lord. Help us to forgive others like you have forgiven us, God. Help us to start afresh and anew with counting our commitments and our words and our deeds that they will measure up to what you expect of us, God. Father, help us to realize that like the promise you spoke over Solomon, that if you walk before me like David did with a heart of integrity and uprightness, I will establish your throne forever. And we are called to rule in your kingdom, God, and not be disqualified. I pray that as a people, we will rise up and say, we can live up to the standard of integrity in you, God, because you have made a way for us to do it. We honor you this morning, Jesus.